NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Glad to have you with us again here on the podcast, where we talk about all things related to real estate in the land of the rising sun, whether it's investment properties, holiday properties, new homes that people build for themselves or ones built by others for us, tenants and tenancies and hotels and normal leases and short-term leases and so on and so forth. And today we're on the topic of investments again. Uh, this is a recording of a call that we've had earlier this week with a lovely couple from Australia who have actually taken the initiative and started searching for investment properties on their own. So today with instant translations readily available on the internet, it does make perfect sense to start searching property websites, to shortlist properties and to communicate with realtors, or at least it should make perfect sense anywhere in the world. Unfortunately, Japan isn't quite with the program in this regard just yet, as you're going to hear in this call. We've mentioned here in the past, and a lot of you have experienced this firsthand, as opposed to most other countries around the world where there are a host of property professionals that would be more than happy to communicate with foreign buyers and even happier to take their money, so buyers really just have to choose the reliable ones among them to avoid getting screwed over. Here, the opposite is actually true. So most professionals uh, here are exactly that. They are professional, but it's very, very difficult to find ones that will actually be able to or even try to communicate with non-Japanese. And there are plenty for reasons for that, which we won't go into again now. But this recording should demonstrate the difficulties that people run across when they do try doing it on their own. Another thing that you'll hear in this conversation is some of the common misconceptions that people often have when coming from countries where it's very common to purchase houses as opposed to condo units, which is really not the go-to asset class of choice for investors here. Again, for various reasons that we've discussed in the past and will come up again in this conversation. And on a side note, it'll also give you an idea uh, or a reminder to those of you who are already familiar with the services that we provide here at NTI of how a buyer's agency like us works and why it can help bridge some of those cultural, language, and local knowledge gaps that naturally exist for people who are taking their first few steps in a foreign market like Japan. Now stick around after the end of the conversation because although it ends on an uncertain note in the recording itself, the story does actually have a happy ending. So I'll come back at the end of the call and I'll give you the lowdown on what actually ended up happening with the properties discussed and the couple's planned visit to Japan, their purchase plans, and so forth. So don't switch off when we say goodbye at the end of the conversation. There's more to come after that. And just to clarify the amounts we're talking about here, if you're not familiar with Japanese yen exchange rates, we're talking about millions in this recording. So 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, etc. That in yen actually translates to less than 10,000, 20,000, or 50,000 US dollars. So again, 1 million Japanese yen is about 8 or 8.5 thousand US dollars. So we're talking here about properties that cost less than $20,000, not $2 million, just so we're on the same page. So here it is, our conversation with a young professional couple from Australia taking their first plunge into Japan's property investment market. What we're looking at doing is buying some investment properties in Japan, yep. and we've been looking at relatively low-cost ones with high return. Now, we came across your website through finding a YouTube video that we discovered when looking for tips and tricks on buying in Japan, and found it pretty informative. So I thought we'd you know look you guys up and have a bit of a chat. Okay, and when so you say when I, you say low price, high return, did you have a rough criteria in mind? 
So we're looking at two million yen and under, but I do have one that I'm looking at that's two point four. Yep. Right, and the the returns we've been finding on this website are anywhere from you know fifteen percent plus. The two forty is the twenty percent. We've got one at forty percent as well. Okay, just without looking at the listings, that sounds a bit suspicious. Could that be like seriously gross and not even close to net? Do you think? It it is gross. It's definitely gross. Okay. Not net. And I'm I'm guessing right, uh, you're talking about individual units in blocks that are co-owned, so each unit is owned by a different person. Um. So the ones I've been looking at primarily are all individual houses. Oh, houses. Okay, okay, that makes sense now. Yep. Um, so we had three in Osaka, one in Saitama. Yep. Um, so it does seem the cheapest one, which was in Osaka, was about $13,000. So I think about a million yen. Yep. Um, that one seems to have disappeared today, unfortunately. Yep. So, but it's from a website called Rakumachi. Yep, familiar with that. Yep. Yep. So... Um, We've been trying to get in contact with the agent. I did have one agent respond, and I've sent him further responses, but he hasn't responded since then. And I've already arranged, you know, leave from my office and everything else for next weekend, for the weekend of the 1st, to hopefully come over and view some properties, but the agents aren't responding, so I'm not able to arrange any kind of viewing. Yeah, that's unfair. Unfortunately, often the case with them. So Rakumachi is uh, one of the three or four big typical um, MLS websites where basically all properties that are for sale are advertised in Japan. So it's Rakumachi Home and Sumo and a few other ones. Um, And the agents that advertise there um, in most cases, I mean, Osaka and Tokyo are sometimes a little bit the exception, but in most cases they'd never have worked with the foreigners. So the, the conversation in English just freaks them out. And yep. then, the, the one that did reply, he used Google Translate to reply, and then I did the same back to him as well. Yep. But there hasn't been any further correspondence, so... Yeah, I mean, um, this is usually why we get contracted, is just to manage this relationship and just to promise them that they'll never have to deal with a scary foreigner and so forth. <laughs> yep, yep, no, that's what we're looking at, because obviously we are struggling to talk to them. Yeah. And, you know, we, we want to see what you guys can do to help. And well, we, we can represent you at, at any stage of the process. So we can help you with the research and due diligence and negotiation if that needs to be done. And uh, at the point where you'll have to sign the contract and pay the deposit. Um, and then there's a meeting where the, um, the company, the real estate company would have an official document reader, they call it. It's, a, it's called a taken. It's a certified position. And that person has to go through the entire documentation package with you uh, word by word, and that's done strictly in Japanese. So they they can't do that um, unless you've got a Japanese interpreter in the room with you. Um, Or alternatively, which is what what we usually do for our clients, is we receive permission from them to represent them, and then we attend the meetings and so forth instead. Because we've already got this, like, we're literally, our buttons hovering over and pushing down on buying the airplane tickets, um, would it be possible to contract you guys to assist with arranging some viewings and then potentially the ongoing services as well of arranging purchase and things like that? 
Uh, we can, but if you haven't yet received a reply from the uh, agencies and we are just starting to contact them now on your behalf, I wouldn't hurry and buy a ticket before they've actually said that it's okay to come and view on those particular dates. Yeah. Because if they might... You, Sorry, go ahead. If we, gave you a ba- if we gave you a basic criteria of what we were looking for, um, do you have properties on your book? Yeah, well, we, we don't actually have properties on our books per se, so we're not agencies. We just represent you, and then once you give us criteria, we uh, research the uh, same websites that you have done, plus contact agents that we're already in contact with and done deals with, just to see if there's anything that they haven't listed yet. And then we float these yeah. properties back to you, you give us your feedback, we do a bit back and forth with the agents, and then we, um, we sort of hot list a few particular properties that you're interested in for you. And then we organize a viewing. Um, so, the, so the process is very similar, except that because of there's an added layer, which is us in between, it just takes, usually it takes at least a few weeks before there's actual uh, any viewings. Okay. So what's the, um, what's the price structure of your involvement? Well, based on your purchase budget, we'd issue an invoice for engagement, which would be, for these price ranges, 5% plus tax. And yep. then we'll get you to um, sign and witness uh, just a JP or anything like that will do. Uh, give us a limited power of attorney to represent you in dealings with real estate agents and owners and so forth. And once yep. we get that yep. um, fee estimate paid and we get that document signed, then we can start contacting them uh, on your behalf. And then post-purchase, okay. if you end up purchasing something that's going to be a little bit more or a little bit less than your budget estimate in the beginning, we'll credit or debit that fee post-settlement. Okay. Okay. And roughly how much is that? 5% of the purchase price. Okay. So that's 5% purchase price. And, and can I ask how much tax is? Because from what I saw, it's anywhere between 5% and 40%, so I'm not quite sure. Tax meaning consumption tax, like GST, that's just gone up from 8 to 10%. So it's actually 5.5%. Right, good. Right. And I just, I want to, could I just ask you a, a few questions just to help me understand what exactly it is that you're looking for? Is it okay? Because you've mentioned a budget of approximately 2 million, and I'm guessing the houses that you're looking at uh, would probably be very old houses. And I'm guessing that you're saying that they've got high returns, meaning I'm guessing that they're probably tenanted at the moment, correct? Um, no. From what I've been reading from using Google Translate and stuff, I don't believe these properties are tenanted at the moment. Okay. And you're naturally assuming, because with houses, number one, they're not as easy to, um, to put tenants into as uh, units are. And number two... Um, an old house that would be priced so low would most likely need a little bit of work or a lot of work before you can actually put tenants into them. Just hope that you're aware of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. your two million, your two million could turn into five or six million. That much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're. they're Really, very old. They're not going to have any insulation, and I'm I'm just not sure. Do you, did you see interior picks on those listings? Some of them do have interior picks. Um, the one that did reply from Osaka, that one's actually been renovated already. So they they said they expect to be completed in October, which is October now. Um, and the house that we've seen in Saitama looks to be in really good condition, but I'm not sure about insulation and things like that. 
Okay, and that one that was renovated still goes for two million, even with the renovation. Um, one point eight million, yeah. That's it's, very it's impressive. It's not overly large, and it's right on the outskirts of Osaka, yeah. like towards the mountain. Okay, and did you look at? Well, I mean, we, we can do all of this for you if you want us to. Um, I mean, we're happy to just proceed with the listings that you've highlighted, or are we happy to do a bit more digging into them, or are we happy to show you alternative listings. It's up to you, but just make sure that we look at the. Um, just stuff that would make it easier to tenant. So exactly what was done with the renovation, how far of a walk it is to the nearest uh, public transport, or if it's a far off, uh, if it's a far away uh, walk, then make sure that it's got a parking spot so you get a family in there that has a car and doesn't care. Um, just sort of basic due diligence uh, items, and just again be aware that with houses. There's no fixed monthly fees that cover the exterior or the structure like there is with an individual unit. So anything that needs to be done in the house is going to be on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if I sent you the list of what we're looking at, I might sit and have a quick look tonight and see if there's any new ones that have popped up. Would you be able to have a look into those and give us your opinion and possibly have a quick chat with the agents? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean... We, there's a limit to what we can do before being engaged, but we can have a quick look and we can have a quick call to the agent and just let you know if they're open to um, to continue the process on these particular listings. And then if for yeah. any reason we can't proceed or you choose not to proceed with those, then before we actually start researching new properties, we will have to be properly engaged. Yep. Well, we're, we're more than happy to sign engagement. Yep. Now, the, um, the 5% plus tax, now, if we have you look at, say, four or five properties, um, that 5% plus tax is only on the property purchase? Yeah, that, that 5% covers you until you end up settling at that budget. So we can look at 100 properties if you want. Fine, good, yep, that sounds terrific. Um, also, um, you would see whether the property needs any kind of renovation. If it does, would you be able to organise that? Um, well, what we'll see, we'll be seeing on paper, and then when we visit, we'll be able to see a little bit more than that. But if you want anything structural, you will have to hire a building inspector to have a look at it. If it was structural, I'm going to say it'd probably be too much like hard work. I, I'm sort of looking at something, maybe just a repaint or even a new sink or something, but quite simple renovation. Yeah, but the thing is, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if there's anything structural until we get an inspector. So, if there's something wrong with the roof, we're not going to be able to climb up there and have a look at that. Um, okay, yeah, and if yeah. there's something, you know, in the walls, I mean, we can try to spot moisture or holes or stuff like that. But to actually have a good look at walls or cables or pipes and stuff like that, you do need a building inspector. say this is what next weekend yeah so we'll have we'll be there all day friday saturday and most of monday as well until the evening this is friday saturday first second november yeah um, look, if the agent is responsible, if the agent is responsive, it's doable. I mean, they're there and they've got listings. But if he takes uh, any convincing, or if um, if he doesn't respond or anything, I just can't tell you. I mean, look, if he's open, if he's open to dealing with foreigners because he answered your emails and then 
you know, he might be now a bit shy because he doesn't understand everything that you've written to him. And then somebody Japanese contacts him and says, don't worry about it. You can talk to a Japanese company about it. Then, you know, that might be all that it takes to just convince him to go ahead. Um, but I, I just don't know. I don't know who the agent is, so it's hard for me to say. Yeah, at this point, I don't see the point of uh, booking flights if, uh, until he actually contacts you or, yeah. or until he contacts someone. Well, I mean, look, we can definitely... I can definitely say that even if those particular properties are not available, we can help you look for other ones. Um, but whether we'll find anything that would be interesting enough for you before um, the end of next week, I just cannot tell you before we actually search for them, especially at that limited budget that you're discussing. I'm guessing there's not too many of them on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, and do you... Do you guys organize, like, are there any kind of group projects, like, where people are just together? Uh, we've had interest and tried to kick off a few of those, but so far the properties that people looked at didn't pass the due diligence. So we've got people who are interested in it and are on a list to look at any properties that would, um, that would work with that, but we haven't actually had anything that would satisfy them yet. Yeah. Um, yeah we're also interested in that. Okay, so we'll add you to that list as well. We're also we're partnered with um, with a fund from Hong Kong that's investing in Japanese uh, hospitality uh, properties. So they buy fancy, um, well, not fancy. They turn them into fancy hotels and uh, onsen resorts and uh, traditional inns, and then they um, they let investors buy into the fund. But their minimum, I think, is fifty thousand US dollars. So that might be a bit out of your budget. Yeah, right at the moment. Not, not in the but at the moment. We're literally just testing the waters at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what about, so we, we did read about Japanese bank accounts and things like that, how you guys can hold funds before transferring them and stuff like that. Are you guys able to assist with acquiring a Japanese bank account? No, unfortunately, the Japanese banks are just not doing that. Um, they're not going to grant any, they're not going to allow you to open any bank accounts unless you've got residency here. Um, yeah. The only well, what about those? Sorry, go ahead. What What about like the international banks, like ANZ is an Australian bank, which like I'm with ANZ here, and I'm aware they've got Japanese branches as well. And they've got a presence in Japan, not an actual ANZ branch, so to speak. So there's an office. ANZ have an office here, and I think they deal with them. Um, high-end investors, um, sort of institutional banking and so forth. They, you can't actually walk into a branch and open an account with them here. Okay, uh, right. We used to That's have funny. Citibank and HSBC, but the types of accounts that they would let you open would uh, necessitate that you keep a minimum of $50,000 in the account at any time for them to be able to play with. And then um, they were designated investor, foreign investor accounts, which meant that every every transaction that you did on those accounts would have been very expensive. So definitely not worth it for the types of rental income that you'll be collecting and the type of expenses you'll be paying. I mean, if you're paying fifty bucks yeah. to to get a deposit of two hundred dollars rent, it's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but what um, the the only the only exception to that is if you set up a Japanese company and then apply for a mortgage from a Japanese bank, bank which is doable, um, then they let you open a bank account that goes with the mortgage and the mortgage payments and the rental income. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but how, how those, does it cost to open a business, though? 
Well, to set up a company in Japan is already going to be a few thousand dollars, and then there's yearly upkeep of a thousand or two. So for the level of investments that you're talking about, I don't think that's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Plus yeah. their minimum minimum loan amount is, I think, 20 million yen, of which you'll have to pay 30 or 40% cash. So, I mean, that's the same amount of money. Yeah. No, actually, that's double the amount of money you're planning to purchase with. Basically, what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and if you can get the paperwork off to us, we're happy to sign that and to um, engage you and start having a look around. At this point, I don't see the point of getting the flight. Not until we get some kind of some kind of something. Yeah. I mean, if you can sit there and say, "Okay, look, I've had a quick look in the three properties that the." It's worth coming over and having a look, then fine, we'll get onto it straight away. What do, what do you think about that? Um, it would be hard for me to let you know that I can give you a definite answer within a day or two. It usually takes us a bit longer than that to have a look around and then um, just you know give an honest opinion on each property that we look at. But if you've got... If you've got particular... If you've got like three or four listings, um, I'm guessing they're all from different agents, are they? Uh, yeah, from what I can tell. Okay, well, why don't you send them to me and let me know which is which is the one that interested you the most? Not necessarily the one that actually yeah. contacted you back, but just let me know which one was of most interest to you. Like, yeah, prioritize them for me. And um, yeah. I'll see what we can definitely do is within the next day or two, we'll try to at least give those agents a call and see if they're open to having a viewing next weekend. And then if they say yes, maybe that'll be enough for you to get a ticket. I'll just also need to see if we've got anyone who can actually uh, go to Osaka next weekend. So... If you give me a day or two with yeah. that, I can let you know if that's doable for next weekend. But with new properties that we'll be researching, I'd advise to wait. Yep, yep, definitely, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to send the engagement forms over, yep. we'll be happy to sign those and get on with things. Yep, uh, yep. We'll need the engagement forms, and I'll also send you an invoice based on the 2 million yen purchase estimate. Yep. And then, but, but while I'm doing that, just send me the listing so we can get started with those. All right. All right. Thanks, Viv. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Pleasure. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there you go. That was the call. And as you could hear, it ended on a bit of a vague or uncertain note. But as promised, the story does have a happy ending, or at least progressing towards a happy ending. So those properties that they've been looking at online, which were all houses in and around Osaka and Kobe, which are both super central internationally famous cities in central Japan. These turned out uh, to be old houses and townhouses, absolutely vacant. One of them actually vacant over a decade even, and with a leaking roof and walls, etc. So as I kind of hinted at and suspected when hearing about those amazingly low prices, indeed, these all turned out to be really rundown shacks in serious need of renovation. Uh, one of them wasn't on freehold land at all, which is rare in Japan. And that means that the landowner, whether it's a private entity or city hall itself, could claim back the land at any point in time. And that also almost completely prevents any potential of a future rebuild. Another one of the properties was part of a multifamily property, a sort of townhouse. And the ownership of the rest of the structure was unclear at the point of sale. And that can happen when older owners die and they don't have any offspring who officially inherit the property. 
And that situation, of course, also prevents any rebuilds from taking place and potentially also renovations if they include parts of the property that would also require uh, confirmation from the other side. So really of those five or six properties that they've been looking at, there might have been two or three that could have potentially been renovated or rebuilt, but definitely not without pouring additional tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars into them in order to make them livable and rentable and to start generating any kind of income from them. Now, the realtors who listed these properties, who were too foreign or shy to reply to those email inquiries in English, were actually mostly responsive to us at least. So as soon as we informed them that we, a Japanese company, will be representing the foreign buyer and we assured them that they won't need to communicate with them directly, they did agree to meet us and they did agree to arrange for viewings if we wanted or at least all but one of them, which is usually about the percentage we get. So one out of five realtors or sellers still refuse to work with foreigners, even when those foreigners are represented by Japanese companies or individuals like ourselves. But most of them do appreciate the opportunity to work with foreigners, as long as there's someone there to bridge the gap for them. So that part was okay. But once we presented the information about those properties to the buyers, they understood that their uh, dream of owning a $20,000 livable landed property in Osaka City is not really feasible. But they've already taken time off work and they've already decided to take the trip and make their first move. So what we've done is we suggested a few other potential locations, uh, places like the outskirts of Nagoya City, uh, the outskirts of Fukuoka City, or anywhere really, including central locations in Kumamoto City. So all of these are our places where you might be able to still find properties at this price level. Maybe not 2 million yen, but maybe 3 or 4 million yen. So we've contacted some of our realtor partners in those locations. We've arranged for some potential properties for them to view. And we will be meeting them and taking them on a property tour next weekend as planned just not in the same location and not looking at the same properties as they originally thought that they might be. Now, we've also advised them to steer clear of houses, at least until they've got a more flexible budget to work with, which can accommodate renovations and repairs and any sudden maintenance that might be required, because these do tend to be far higher with houses as opposed to condo units or mansions, as they're called here. Because again, with the condo unit, the monthly fees cover any structural work or work on common areas. So condos do carry far less hidden costs and sudden expenses compared with houses. And that's what we'll be looking at. So all's well that ends well. And we'll hopefully share some clips from their visit here on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So you can all benefit from their experience as well. That's it from us for today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do feel free to hit us up with any questions or if you'd like to organize a similar tour or a visit for yourselves, either in the comments section or you can email us directly on info at nippontradings.com. That's N-I-P-P-O-N tradings with an S, all one word, dot com. You can also find us on Facebook, our business page and group where we discuss all of these topics and much, much more. You can find that one by searching for simply Japan Real Estate. In Facebook, we're normally the first two results on that Facebook search. Um, or on Instagram, our username there is also Japan Real Estate, all one word. Or in the comments section or wherever you might have found this episode, YouTube, Facebook, etc. We'd love to hear back from you. And we'd love even more if you could leave us a review or just a star rating on the iTunes uh, podcast repository, the iTunes store. If you don't have the time to write anything, a star review will do. Please do share this podcast with your local networks. Just a screenshot will do. They can find us easily enough. If you think you know anyone who might find it interesting. 
And we hope to have you with us next time. Until then, as always, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you a great weekend and happy investing.